Well, good morning, everybody. How y'all doing? It's time to worship the Lord in spirit and truth. Y'all ready this morning? All right, well, let's get it started. Let's get this party started. Here we go. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you for evil of victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Oh, bring, bring.
power in the blood. Amen. Boy, that's so good. Y'all sound good out there this morning. Amen. Amen. Y'all my banjo? I like it. I like it. I like it. So anyway, uh, go ahead and have a seat. We'll go through a few announcements if you can this morning. Just welcome everybody. It's good to have everybody here. If you're a guest this morning, thank you for being our guest in the house this morning. Let's give it up for all our guests in the house this morning. It'd be so awesome. Thank you. Also, we got all our folks online, and uh, online our folks are watching. It's good to see y'all. Good morning, everybody. And everybody just kind of waving back at you. I don't know if you can see them or not, but we'll do that here in a little while. But it's all good. So uh, God is so good, isn't he? Isn't he good? He's good all the time, isn't he? Well, just a few announcements this morning. If you're a guest here for the very first time, uh, Please, uh, there's a card in the pew right in front of you there for you to fill it out. It's got my picture on it and my lovely bride's picture on it. Just fill that thing out and put it in the offering plate at the end of the service as you leave. It kind of records your visit. How many of you saw the sign when you pulled up? Isn't that awesome, man? That's an awesome looking sign out there. So anyway, I just uh, thank the Lord for that. I know Danny worked really hard uh, on, the, on the computer side of it, trying to make that thing uh, fit and work right and all that stuff. And we sent it off. And... Uh, and uh, so uh, the Lord Co. Company and Inverness kind of helped us out with that. So that was really kind of cool for that. Just want to encourage you. On Monday night, we have Celebrate Recovery at 7 p.m. So don't miss that. If you don't know what it is, come and find out what it is. That's, that's the best way to know what it is, is come and sit in here and see what happens on Monday night. Uh, if you have a hurt or a hang-up or habits, I know of no people who don't have a hurt or a hang-up or a habit, right? If you say you don't, then I don't know if you're living. You've got to be an angel or in heaven or something. I don't know. But uh, I think everybody's got a hurt, hang up, or habit. And, uh, you know, and that celebrate recovery is for you. It's for all of us, actually. So I just want to encourage you to be here for that. Also, uh, this Wednesday night is September 9th. And uh, if you didn't get a copy of it already, there's some uh, bylaws. We have written our new bylaws for Hills Church. And uh, we want to ask you, if you didn't get a copy last week, on the left-hand side as you leave today, Get you a copy, uh, look them over on Wednesday night at 5.30. Uh, we're going to go through those bylaws, and if there's any questions, we're going to entertain those questions, have some discussions about it. And then uh, what we're going to do, and also the revised budget, that we had to revise the budget a little bit since we became our own entity here at Hills Church. And so uh, what we're going to do is on Sunday evening at 7 p.m., we're going to have a members business meeting, and of course anybody can come. And the members uh, will all vote on the bylaws. And so that's what we'll do is we'll vote. Uh, we're doing Wednesday night to get all the discussion part out of the way. That's why we do that on Wednesday night so that we don't have to discuss it and keep you here uh, all hours of the evening. Okay? And so we just want to encourage you to get a copy of bylaws, read them, come prepared to discuss them uh, Wednesday at 530. And then uh, and we'll go from there. And so it'll be awesome. So I am very, very excited. It's good to see everybody in the house this morning. Amen? It's good. So, hey, be praying. Uh, some things just to be praying about. Be praying about our children's ministry, our youth ministry. Be praying about that because we're wanting to get things started back up again. Uh, we're trying to make sure that we are very safe when it concerns COVID and all that stuff. And, uh, but we're also putting a plan together to do that. So when your children come, and those of you online who may be watching, you can bring your children and you can be here in person to worship with us at 1030. And uh, we're going to have, we're going to start off with just children's church, though, no small groups, just children's church during this hour. And that's what we want to do. So we just want to encourage you, be in prayer about that. 
Be in prayer for everything, our nation, everything that's going on. Just be in uh, lots of prayer for what's happening, okay? And so we want to do that. So let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning as we welcome Jesus in this place. Father, we humble ourselves in your presence and thank you, mighty God, for being in us, with us, and upon us. Lord, we thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for touching our lives, touching our heart. Lord, you work in us, uh, Lord, and sometimes we don't think about the fact that you, the person of the Holy Spirit, are working in the lives of all believers everywhere. Father, we thank you, Lord, for being here. We thank you, God, for touching our hearts and our minds. Lord, let this morning be no different. Lord, let the anointing of God touch my heart and touch the heart of every soul in this place. It's my prayer always, Father, if there's anyone here that's never trusted you as Savior, that, Lord, when they leave here today, they know you as Savior and Lord of their life. And that's my prayer. That's my, that's my earnest prayer, Father, this morning, God, that you would touch all of our hearts. I pray for all of us that are Christians that know you, but maybe, Lord, maybe there's some things we haven't quite learned yet. And I pray, Lord, that today that our minds will be open, our hearts will be open to be receptive to your precious word this morning, because we're going to cover a lot of it. And so I just thank you, Lord Jesus, for this opportunity this morning. We thank you for all those that are watching online and they're being safe. And, Lord, we thank you for them. We thank you for our guests this morning. Lord, just touch each of us this morning. Let us just have a great time, Lord, in your presence, Father. We praise you. We know in your presence there is fullness of joy. Lord, you're the joy maker. You're the joy giver. You're the joy provider. And, Lord, then where the joy of the Lord is, there is strength, abundant strength in our life. And, Father, we thank you for it all. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said what? Amen. Amen. Well, let's all stand up and sing a little song here about amazing grace.
Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this time together this morning, God, and worship you, Lord, for you are holy, holy and worthy. Lord Jesus is your precious name. Lord, help us to just humble ourselves in your presence this morning. Help us, Lord, to think about, Lord, who you are this morning. Lord, help us to think about the fact that, Jesus, you came 2,000 years ago. You walked the planet called Earth that you created, Lord Jesus. You came, Lord, innocent. You came without spot, without blemish, without wrinkle. Lord, you came, Lord, for a mission, for one mission. And, Lord, that was to seek and to save every one of us that we would be saved. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would speak to our hearts this morning through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Lord, may your word just completely drown our hearts this morning. Help us to hear you. Help us to feel your touch in our life. Oh, yes, Lord, you can touch us. And, Lord, I pray that you would touch each and every one of us this morning. Help us to find confidence in you. Help us to find peace in ourselves because of what you're doing inside of our hearts and minds. Lord, we have so many things to be thankful for, Father. Lord, we're thankful for you, Lord. We're thankful for the cross that you bore and shed in your blood for each and every one of us. We're thankful for the fact that you were put in a grave, but Lord, you didn't stay there. Lord, that you came out on the third day. Uh, Lord, came out resurrected in full power and full might and full strength. And God, you've imparted that power to each and every one of us who know you and is your believer. And Lord, we sit here today, Lord, Lord, we sit here today because we are on mission. We have a mission as Hills Church. And the mission is to make much of you, Jesus, to the world, to our community, Lord, to our Jerusalem, to our Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth, Father. Lord, you have placed us in this place to make much of your name. And God, that's why we're here. And Lord, we're, as many have gone before us, Lord, there are many who were here, and there are many, Lord, who are in your presence this very moment, Lord. And, and I know, Lord, I see them, they're rooting us on, they're cheering us on, God, for the faith. And Lord, I just give you praise for that, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for today, and I thank you for this time together. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would just take your word and that we would eat it this morning, God. We would eat your flesh. We would drink your blood. And Lord, we would know you as our Savior and Lord of our life each and every day. I praise you for it, Lord. If there's anyone here today that's never trusted you as Savior, Lord, let this be the very day that they trust you as Savior of their life. And Father, I praise you for it all. For it's in Jesus' precious name and all God's children said what? Amen. Amen. Y'all may be seated now if you can. <laughs> Amen. This morning, we're going to be, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit last week, and uh, we're going to be talking some more about the Holy Spirit as I lay a foundation here uh, for each and every one of us to think about who we are in Jesus Christ and, uh, and what Jesus and what God has done in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in and through your lives, individual lives. And you might say, well, Pastor, you sure talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. I said, you're darn tootin' I am. I said the, the, the Holy Spirit is so vital and so important for us to have an understanding of who he is. And some of you here, if I asked you to write something down about the Holy Spirit, you, some of you might be able to write down one or two things. <laughs> Holy Spirit, he's a ghost, right? Now. So, so some, sometimes we would just, we have, but some of you might be able to fill up pages and pages and pages of what the Holy Spirit is and who he is and what he's about. So today as we, uh, as we think about the gifts of the Spirit, 
It all starts with the Holy Spirit. All starts with the Spirit of God. And so I know I got a lot of notes on the back of your uh, Sunday paper, amen? And so, uh, so I want you to make sure you listen tune in tune be in tune listen closely to uh what i'm about to say about the holy spirit take some good notes listen you don't want to miss anything that i'm talking about the holy spirit this morning because the holy spirit is so vital into our everyday life he is so uh involved in so many things so this morning we're going to talk about you know we talked about all spirit the fact is you and i here's the thing you and i can do nothing apart from the holy spirit that God would want us to do. We can't, listen, we can't interpret the Bible. We can't interpret the Bible. We can't live godly lives apart from the Holy Spirit. We can't. It's impossible. The Holy Spirit is there to lead you and guide you all truth. We cannot serve God adequately apart from the Holy Spirit. There is no way. It's impossible to do that. And so today we're going to attack on how to walk in the Holy Spirit. You know, you can walk in the Holy Spirit. Because he's in you, with you, and upon you. You take him everywhere you go. If you're a believer today, he's in you, with you, and upon you. And you take him every single place you go, you take the Holy Spirit with you. Where you go. And sometimes that should cause us to pause and step back and think about that for a minute. Every place you go, everything you do, you take the person of the Holy Spirit with you. Turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to read the scripture it pertains to about walking in the Spirit. I want you to walk in the Spirit. I want you to walk in the Spirit. I want you to be conscious of the fact that He's with you each and every day. And we're going to talk about some of that. Galatians chapter 5, we're going to pick up in verse 16. Galatians 5 and 16. Everybody ready? So the Word of God tells us today, it says, but, but I say, walk by the Spirit. Everybody say, walk by the Spirit. Oh, that's so good. That sounds good. Say it again. Walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's very good. And it says, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. So important. When you walk by the Spirit, there is no way on God's green earth you're going to walk by the flesh. When you're filled with the Spirit, you're walking in the Spirit, and He's filling you, and you spend those time with you, you walk in the Spirit, and that way you won't fulfill those lusts of the flesh ever. For the flesh, listen, sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in, listen to this, opposition to one another. The flesh is in opposition to the Spirit of God. Any way you look at it, any way you size it up, the flesh is the flesh. The flesh is fallen. The flesh is the sinner. When we walk by the flesh, we're not walking by the Spirit of God. And so you got, there's got to be a great exchange has to take place. You exchange the flesh. You crucify the flesh. You die to the flesh. And you allow the Spirit of God that dwells inside of you as a believer to rule and reign in your life. That's so important for each and every one. The Spirit, right? For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. You hear me? He doesn't want you to do the things that you please in the flesh. He wants you to overcome the flesh. He wants you to conquer the flesh. Besides that, he's got an important plan and will for you. He has something for you to do. He has a way for you to live. He has a person that is lost that needs your word of the Lord into their life. He has something for you to share. He has somebody that needs to be rescued from the flames of eternal destruction in hell. He has a place for you 
to go out and touch people's lives for the glory of God. That flesh that you and I have causes us to live in the desires of what I want to do. Me, myself, and I, right? Heard that many times. For my pleasure is not necessarily God's pleasure. I'm not saying everything. But I'm saying if it's my pleasure. Listen, everything you should do should be the glory of God. Look at verse 25. It says, if we live by the Spirit, capital S, let us walk by the Spirit. If you say you're a believer and you're a Christian and you live by, listen, and you, listen, you wake up in the morning, you should be filled with the Spirit of God. Realize the Spirit of God is in you, with you, and upon you. You take Him everywhere you go. If you live by the Spirit, it's going to cause you to walk by His Spirit. Amen? We should, we should do that. If you say you live by the Spirit, your living, listen, by it must match the walk that you're walking. You've got to walk the talk. You've got to walk it. If you say you are, you must walk it. So last week we talked about who is the Holy Spirit. Y'all remember that? Okay, let's see. So who is the Holy Spirit, church? Who is he? Number one, what was he? The person of what? Of the Trinity. That's right. The person of the Trinity, the triune Godhead. He's an individual person. Collectively, though, it's all God. They're all God. God in three. Don't ask me to explain how that works. God knows. I don't have to. I just believe it. Because I know it. Because He, person, Holy Spirit, lives inside my heart. I pray He lives inside your heart too. Amen? Also, number two, the promise of the Father. God promised that. Jesus promised He would send a helper to come after us. We talked about in Genesis 1-2, where it says in there, it said, The earth was formless and void, and darkness over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Notice that. The Spirit of God was always there at the beginning, and He moved over the earth and caused everything to become what it is today. And then in verse 26, Genesis 1, He said, Then God said, Let us, right, make man in our image according to our likeness. Why did God make us in His image? So that you and I would bear His image to the world. Doesn't it make sense? If we're made in the image of our Creator, it makes sense to me that we need to be the mirror image of who God is to everybody else who don't know who He is. Amen? We need, that needs to happen. That needs to be taken place. He was the Spirit in creation. He's the Spirit in the person of the Trinity. Colossians 1.16 says this, For by Him all things were created both in the heavens and on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. In Zechariah 4, 6, we read, Then he said to me, This is the word of the Lord, Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's the spirit is huge. For us, we need to understand that. In John 14, 16, 17, last week we said, I will ask the Father, Jesus is speaking, He says, and He will give you another helper that He may be with you forever. You hear that, church? Forever. That is the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. The world cannot receive that because it does not see Him, Jesus, or know Him, but you know Him because He abides with you and will be in you church he's in you with you and upon you 
In verse 26 of John 14, it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance, listen, everything that he says to you. He will bring it to your remembrance. You see, God has sent the Holy Spirit specifically into your lives. Every one of our lives. For this, for a reason. For a big reason. So what does the Holy Spirit mean to you? What does he mean to you? Number one, he's a he, right? He's a person. He's a he. He's a whom. He's a vital part. Listen, of the, our lives daily, every single day, he's a vital part of our daily lives. Whether you realize it or not, he is. He will teach you all things. He will show you all things to you. He's not an it, and he's not a thing. He's a person. He's a person. He teaches us truth, his truth. We must have the Holy Spirit. He is our reminder. He reminds us of everything. He reminds everything. And when witnessing, he will cause you to remember things, and you'll go, wow, you know. You ever talk to somebody, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit interjects a passage of Scripture or a word or something that you know you learned in Sunday school or in a sermon or something, and it was in you, right? Do you ever do that? And it comes out, and when it comes out, you go, oh, man, we're, man I didn't know I knew that. I, didn't know, I can't remember where I got that from. The Holy Spirit has a way of doing that. And that should encourage you. That should give you assurance when those things happen. When that happens, it should, man, it should fill you full of joy and strength for everything that's going on. It is. Amen. In John 15 and 26, listen to what he says. Move down to the next chapter. When the Helper comes, he says, Whom I will send to you from the Father. That is the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. He says, He will testify about me. Jesus says he will testify about me. This is why I need to send him to you. The Holy Spirit will testify or point you to Jesus. He points us to Jesus every time. That's the task. That's the mission of the Holy Spirit, to point everybody to Jesus. That's why he has come. Look at uh, chapter 16 of John. Look at John 16, verses 8. Listen to what he, what, what he does. Listen to what he does here. It says in verse 8, And he... When he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, and concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. To give us that hope, right? And concerning judgment because the ruler of this world, who's the ruler of this world? Satan, the devil, right? He's the ruler of this world. Because the ruler of this world has been judged. You hear that? He's already judged already. Don't let him influence your life or you'll be judged with him. Don't let him influence your life. Look at verse 12. He says, I have more things, Jesus said, to say to you. But you cannot bear them now. It says, but when he, talking about the spirit of truth, comes, he says, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what has come, is to come. 
The Holy Spirit convicts concerning sin. He convicts our hearts. He convicts our lives. Not only does He convict, He guides us into all truth. That's what the Scripture says. He brings who? What? Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Turn over in Romans chapter 8. Romans 8. We're going to read in verse 11. Romans 8 verse 11. Listen to what he says. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells where? In you. We don't need to worry about dying. We don't need to worry about death if we're in Him. Because if we're in Him, listen, it's His power is made perfected in your weakness. And when His power is made perfect in your weakness, even if you breathe your last breath, He's going to raise you up in that last day. Man, how awesome is that? What kind of hope is that? I know some of you think, well, I don't really feel the Holy Spirit. You know, I don't really know if I have Him or not. This is why we're talking about this this morning. I want you to know if you have the Holy Spirit or not. I want you to understand the Holy Spirit's in your life. He said we all as believers have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 14 of Romans 8. It says, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God. These are, what does he say? Sons of God, daughters of God. For you have not received a spirit of what? Slavery leading to fear again. But you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy. He's our Daddy. He's your Daddy. He's my Daddy. The spirit of adoption or the spirit of being His child. Are you His child this morning? You can be sure that you're His, his child this morning. Listen, prior to salvation, you were enslaved. You were enslaved by your sin, by your wrongdoing. You were enslaved to the devil. He, you belonged to him. Upon salvation, listen, Jesus broke the chains that the devil tries to keep you wrapped up in. And you need to believe that's what he did. It's exactly what he did. The power of the cross. The power of his resurrection breaks every chain, every sin that we deal with. He breaks it all. And we should have assurance in that this morning. Look at verse 16. It says, and this is how we know. This is how you and I know. He says, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit. Little s. Who you are. The Spirit in you. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Have you had that testimony in your heart? Believer, do you have that testimony in your spirit? Is it in your spirit? Do you know that you know that you know you're His? Man, this is an encouraging message this morning. The Spirit bears witness that He is with you, in you. He's upon you. You're saved. You're sanctified. You're set apart for Jesus. I think about this. I had an opportunity to sit down and talk with Brother Bill Edmondson and Pat. Bill, if you're watching, good morning. Listen, I was sitting there talking to me. He's like, oh, no, he's going to talk about me. So anyway, uh, but I am. I'm going to talk about him because, you know, I was talking about my message for this Sunday being the Holy Spirit. And he said this, and this is what he said to me. I pray this encouragement. Bill said that when he got saved, he had no bells and whistles. He didn't have no bells and whistles. But what he did say, he said he knew if he did things contrary to what was right, that there was an uneasiness 
inside himself. In other words, like, like he would say, he would say, you know, he says, ah, I'm not going to go to church this morning. And he said that when he, said, when he did it, he said there would be an unsettledness in his spirit. You ever had that before? When you know, listen, <laughs> what's the Bible say? When you know to do right and you don't do it, what is it? It's plain and simple. And see, that's how Brother Bill knows that he is saved. Because the Lord gives him an unsettledness in his spirit. The Holy Spirit, if he wasn't there, he wouldn't do that. He knows the Lord. The Lord is with him, in him, with and upon him. He knew it. A restlessness in his spirit. Not doing something like that, you know, where God prompts us, prompts us to do things. And when we don't do it, there's an unsettledness in our spirit every time. And that's good. And you need to listen to that. If you're unsettled, you better do what Jesus, the Spirit of God, tells you to do right then. Because there is a danger when you don't. When you continue not thinking about when you continue not moving towards what Jesus wants you to do, then what happens is your heart will get a little harder. And next time it'll be easier to not do what Jesus tells you to do. His voice will get smaller and smaller and smaller. And then your heart becomes calloused over to where you don't hear him at all. And we need to think about some of those things. I thought about Sister Julianne, right, who got saved a couple weeks ago, right, come up and was baptized. She said, she told me, she said, Pastor, when you speak, it's as if God is speaking to my heart. I said, amen to that. It's because that's the Holy Spirit. It has nothing to do with me. The only thing I am is the messenger. I'm the deliverer. I'm the tool, the vessel that God uses to share his message to everybody else. It's the Holy Spirit that does that in your heart, Julianne. It's the Holy Spirit that does in your heart, church. Don't miss that. The Holy Spirit is speaking. Is he speaking to your heart right now? Absolutely, he's speaking. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen. Listen with everything that you have. It's evidence that we are his. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Not only does he do that, but he also dispenses many gifts to each and every one of us as his children. He does. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, listen to what it says, verses 4 through 8. He says, now there are varieties of gifts, which means there's a lot of different kinds of gifts. And we're going to get into that later on. Not today, but we're going to get into that later on. But the same Spirit, capital S. And, then, and then not only that, he says there are varieties of what? Ministries. Ministries. We have a lot of ministries right here in, at Hills Church that you can be involved in. Ministries. And the same Lord. There are varieties of effects. The effects means the workings of what God's doing in and through what we're doing. The signs, the workings. But the same God who works all things in all persons. The same God does all things in all persons. He says, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit. In each one of us that are believers, there's a manifestation, there's a gift. There's a substantial, there's something that's substance in your life that you're, He has gifted you to be able to do. And we'll go over that a lot later on in weeks to come. And the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And it's for everybody. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. And to another, and he starts naming the word of knowledge. The, the, the knowing of God's word. According to the same Spirit. If you keep reading on, he talks about there's a gift of faith. Faith to what? To believe. 
You know, we can believe it's like Bill, you know, sensing the uneasiness. Listen, he has faith to believe that he is in him and with him and upon him, just like you. You have faith that you wouldn't be sitting in these pews this morning. There's a certain amount of faith that God gives you to be here this morning. That's a gift. There's healing. There's mere gift of miracles or power and strength, right? There's gift of prophecy, being able to share the Word of God. There's gifts of discernment, to be able to discern what is right versus what is wrong, what is good, what is bad. There's discernment. Listen, there's tongues. And when it speaks tongues in the Bible, it speaks of actual known languages. There's no alien talk when it comes to tongues. None. It's known languages. And it's something for us to think on. We're going to get into all that later on. The Spirit gives us a variety of gifts. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's His job. He gives us all gifts. How many of you like gifts? Man, I like them. And the more I get, the better I like it, right? So the more I... I know, I don't agree with everything. I know. I like gifts. I mean, I do. I can't help it. It might be in the flesh. I don't know. <laughs> Man, turn over to Acts chapter 1. Man, we covered this not too long ago, too. In Acts chapter 1, listen what Jesus told his disciples. He said to them, he said, It is not for you to know the times, the epics, which the Father has fixed by his own authority. They were wanting to know when he was coming, when he was going to establish his kingdom. When is that going to happen, Lord? When is it going to happen? We're so eager for you to take over and, and put the hammer on these Romans, and we're ready for you to rule and reign, Jesus. We've been with you for three and a half years, and we're ready for it to happen now, now, now. And what did Jesus say? <laughs> Not for you to know the times or the epics. You know why Jesus said that? Because he was thinking about you and he was thinking about me. How precious are you to the Lord? So precious. He has fixed his own authority, but you will receive what he says. Power! When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be what? My witnesses where? Both in Jerusalem, Beverly Hills, and all Judea, Citrus County, and Samaria, Florida. And even, for <laughs> real, Samaria, right? To the ends of the earth. God is wanting us to reach to the ends of the earth. Jesus said to the apostles, you go to Jerusalem and wait until the Holy Spirit comes. And church, did he come? He came. He did. This is our commission, Acts 1.8. It's also our commission in Matthew 22 and in uh, Luke 24. It's our commission to go and make disciples, baptizing them, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Same thing here. The same thing. It's amazing. And then Pentecost comes. The Holy Spirit comes and fills every single believer. Fills every believer. How awesome is that? He fills every believer. Even though I have gone, he says, you are still not ready until the Holy Spirit comes. Until the Holy Spirit comes. Then Pentecost, and now listen, you are somebody. And I want to look at you guys and say, you are a somebody. Don't think you're not somebody. God created you in his image. When I look at your lovely faces, I'm thinking, wow, you're somebody. Ron, you're somebody, dude. You're somebody. I know. You're somebody. I know. We're all somebody. And listen, God loves all of us. It's amazing. God wants to use us for his glory. 
God comes and fills you full of His Spirit to lead you and to guide you into all truth. You are somebody. Because you are somebody, Jesus the Holy Spirit dwells in each of you if you're a believer. But you have to be a believer. You're still a somebody even if you're not a believer, but you're a better somebody when you know Jesus is Savior. You might say, well, I'm just trying to do the best I can, right? You ever done that? You may be a teacher teaching a lesson. Well, who's the teacher, church? It better be the Holy Spirit. That's his function in you. You might be a physician's assistant. But who's the physician? The Holy Spirit. In you, with you, and upon you. You may be a greeter, greeting everyone. Well, who's the greeter? It should be the Holy Spirit within. Whatever you are doing, doesn't matter. You do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what this passage of Scripture just said. The power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit moves throughout each of us believers as we submit to do what? His work. We need to do His work. If, we, if I try to do it apart from His way, listen to this, I will do it in my flesh Every single time. Where it concerns interpretation of the scriptures, listen, power, motivation, authority, there is no substitute for the Holy Spirit in your life. None. Doesn't matter how much education that you have. It doesn't matter how much Bible reading you do. It doesn't matter. Listen, it doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit is everything. Without the Holy Spirit, there is absolutely no power whatsoever. None. All flesh. We need His presence and we need His power to walk in His will and in His way. Look at Romans 8. Romans 8, 26. It says, in the same way, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know how to pray as we should. Think about that. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. There are times that we are so burdened. You ever been so burdened that you don't know how to pray and you would just groan in your spirit because you don't know, God, hear me, Lord, hear me. I'm not talking about alien babble. I'm talking about groaning. Have you ever been so desperate for God? Have you ever been in a situation where, you know, you were just so... De- I talked with a friend of mine who was in my youth ministry up in North Carolina yesterday. His name was Chris Hall. I talked to him for a long time, and he was telling me, he was telling me that he went swimming. Uh, uh, not, not, he lives up in Destin area, up there where the water's pretty blue <laughs> and where it drops off a lot deeper. But he said he went out swimming... Um, he left his wife and his mother-in-law up on the beach, and he went down, and there was a reef he liked to swim on. And he said he went out there, and he jumped into the water to swim with his snorkel, and he thought he was going to die. He said he was trying. He got caught up in a rip current, and he was trying to swim back, and he, every time he'd see sand, and he tried it. All he could do it, and the next thing he didn't see sand anymore. And then he went, and he saw sand, and he thought he could get there and just get his feet on the sand. It was like 20 foot down. And, and he, he, he couldn't do it. And he went back out. And he went and he says he got so bad that he just, he ended up like giving up. He was so tired. He said, this is it. He said, he was, and this is what he's telling me. He said, this is it. This is it, Lord. <laughs> this is it. I can't do this. And he said, you know, I had a peace that overwhelmed me. He said, I was okay. It was okay. 
He said, and next thing you know, he said he saw sand again. And he said, and he kept on. He said, well, I just keep on swimming. And finally, he got his foot on the sand and started moving. And he finally ends up getting out. But he said, to this day, he can't even go underwater because it just, uh, just affects him so much. So, so listen, you know, we sit here and we think about, hey, listen, the Holy Spirit is there with you no matter what you're going through, no matter how desperate that you are. He is there with you. He is in you. He is with you. He is upon you. Holy Spirit intercedes for us to God in prayer. We can't even pray apart from the Spirit of God. Really? If we're thinking in the flesh, it doesn't matter what we pray. We don't even know what we're supposed to be praying. But we pray. We cry out to God. And our, we do it. We cry out to God. Whether it's right or wrong, whether we know what we're praying for, and probably some things we pray for, we're probably glad he doesn't give it to us. Amen? That's so true. I'll never forget the time we lived in Charleston. We lived in Charleston, South Carolina when I was serving this Air Force down there. And I, I got caught up in, this is like before, uh, before I was a Christian, after I became a Christian. Um, I would go fishing a lot, bass fishing. I love bass fishing. You know, I love it. And I used to tournament fish, and I used to do all that stuff, and I was gone all the time. No, I was gone on my job, but I could set my schedule as a flight evaluator, and I could go and come whenever I needed to. So I was home for my fishing tournaments, and I was gone doing my job and home. And guess who was left out a lot of times? Deneen was left out. My son was left out, and I was doing that. And she started praying that I stopped fishing so much, right? Then I got orders to North Carolina, Fort Bragg. I got some orders, and I went up there and took my boat and dragged it up and all my belongings. We got in the house. My first year in the, in the special operations unit I was in, I was gone 280 days. My first year there. Then he goes, you know what? You ain't fishing no more. <laughs> he says, you really got to be careful what you pray for, right? That's what I remember telling me. I got to pray for I was gone 280 days, and then the next year it was like 200. I was home a little bit more, 240 days instead of 280 days. But it kept me. I mean, that was four years of my life gone. I felt like I was in the unit one year, but I was actually in the unit four years. That's how fast-paced the unit was. Pray for our military. Pray for those special operators. The special operators don't have a life, man. I'm telling you, it goes quickly. I lost track of four years of my life in that unit. Literally. It's amazing. But you got to be careful what you pray for. So here's the big question. So how do we walk by the Holy Spirit? You want to know how to walk by the Holy Spirit? Fill this in. Number one, to live day by day in total submission to the Holy Spirit. You want to walk by the Spirit? Listen, you walk dependent. Step by step, day by day, moment by moment, every single day you walk in the Holy Spirit. Every single time. Not only that, you, you need to be in tune. In tune with his voice. You need to hear his voice in your life. Be in tune with his voice. And be in complete obedience to the truth. Right? So, at moment by moment, step by step, total submission to him. Be in tune with his voice in your heart, in your life, in your mind. He's in there. But you've got to be listening out for him in complete obedience to what he tells you to do. How does he tell you? Through his word. 
That's why I keep saying spend huge amounts of time. Let the Word of God dwell richly in you. Let Him dwell in your heart. Get in the Word. Let it saturate your mind. Let it saturate your heart. Listen to godly music. Let the godly music that will saturate your mind and heart when it's got the Word of God in it. Listen to godly preaching. Listen to God. Have godly friendships. Get the friends around you that will encourage you and hold you up. Help you through whatever you're going through. This is why the church is so viable and so important. We need each other. We belong together. We believe God, right? We belong together. We become His servants. We become His mouthpiece. This is why we have that belief, belong, become. I want you to get that in your spirit. This is who we are as this church. This is not just a Sunday morning thing. Get this, folks. We don't get this. This is not just a Sunday morning thing. It is not. You don't get done with this service and you walk out and you take off your Jesus suit. You don't do that. You don't take off your Jesus mask when you walk out of this church. Come on now. Some of you do wear it. You don't take out your Jesus thinking. Don't take out your Jesus thinking. Don't take out your Jesus talking. Don't take out your Jesus walking. Jesus, you carry him with you everywhere you go. He needs to shine through your life. He uses you, the image of the invisible, to come out. And you let your light shine. You don't hide it under a bush. You don't pack it away. You don't leave it in the church pew. You take him with you everywhere you go. Every single day. You must do this. This is daily in presence where he is leading you every step of the way. He needs to be leading you. Every single day as a believer, I'm to walk every day in his spirit, living submissive to his spirit, his power. He came because we could not do any, we could not live the Christian life apart from him. We cannot do it. That's why he sent the helper. Even the apostles. Man, I'm not an apostle. You're right, you're not. But even the apostles couldn't do it without the presence of the Spirit of God. That's why he told them to go in Jerusalem and wait until he comes. It's amazing. We need to be sensitive to him, submitted to him, walking in obedience to him. Listen, you can come in here and you can take notes all day long. You can pray. You can study God's Word. And then tomorrow, go out and cuss like a sailor. That's not walking in the Spirit. There's a change. There's got to be a change in me. There's got to be a change in you. You can't be the same person that you used to be. Jesus has got to shine through your life. If I'm going to live step by step daily in the Holy Spirit, I must obey the initial promptings of the Spirit of God. You must obey the initial promptings of the Spirit of God. When I say that, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. This is what I mean. In North Carolina, one day, my mail would come in the afternoon. I walked down my driveway. I go out across the street to the mailbox. I would open up the mailbox to retrieve my mail. When I pulled my mail out, there was a Victoria's Secrets catalog showing all of Victoria's Secrets. You know what I mean? Right that instant, that moment, the Holy Spirit pricked my heart. And He said, Big boy, 
You're going to look at it or you're going to roll it up and throw it away. I had to make a choice. It's important. Think about the choice. God does give us the opportunity to make choices. And so I made a choice. I rolled it up. I took it in the house. I put it in file 13. A lot of you know, young people probably don't know what, you know what file 13 is. What's file 13? It's trash. That's right. That's what we used to call in the old days, trash can. File 13. File 13. That's exactly what I did. I threw it away. I submitted to him. I submitted. Does God ever speak to your heart strongly about, don't go there. Don't turn that way. Sometimes God speaks in red lights. Oh, man, just changed. I can't, I'm late. I got to get there. And then you go a mile up the road, and there's this major accident that you would have been there and you're not stopped at the light. God has a way of doing that, protecting you, looking out for you. Holy Spirit, don't go there. Spirit of God will speak to your spirit. I got tickled when Joanna told me, says, I got in my car, turned my radio station on, and there was only one station that I could get, and it was Joy FM. As far as I'm concerned, that's the only one station that there is, is Joy FM. Let him fill your heart. Let him fill your mind. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It is. We need to remind it continuously. Repetition is good in the Word of God. Absolutely good. Sometimes the inclinations are very strong in our lives. Sometimes they're very subtle. Depends on how in tune you are listening to the Spirit of God. Depends how you're listening. Suppose he tells you to do something and you don't do it, right? What is that? What is it when you don't do what he's telling you? Disobedience, right? See, you must do it when he says, when he says it. Don't delay. Holy Spirit tells you to do something. Do it now. Do it then. He don't tell you for no reason. He says, do it. What do you call it when, no, when you don't want to obey God? It's sin. It's rebellion. It's a rebellion against the Holy God. It's disobedience. The Holy Spirit always tells you to do the right thing. The Holy Spirit always tells you to do the right thing. He will never tell you to do the wrong thing. Ever, ever, ever. God will never go against His Word. The Holy Spirit will never go against the Word of God. Never. Let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. It will never contradict what the Word says. And make sure what you're doing is what the Word says because that old devil will whisper in your ear too and he'll give you something that's not true. You can know the difference if you know the Word. If you don't know the Word, you're going to have a hard time discerning what's true and what's not. But God will speak to your heart and give you what's true. And it will line up with His Word every single time. Every time. Nothing He ever says is contrary. You know, He also loves us. Listen. The Holy Spirit really loves us. You know what he does? He seals us. Now, I want you to pay attention to this. We might have some shouting in this room. He seals us. Think about sealing. Think Ephesians chapter 1. Turn to Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. Turn to it. Ephesians 1. Ephesians chapter 1. About midway through the New Testament, Ephesians 1. 
Ephesians 1, verse 13. Some of you can read it up on the wall. Listen to what, listen to what it says. Look at what Paul writes. He says, In Him, in Jesus, you also, after listening to the message of truth, are we not talking about the message of truth? Amen. The gospel of your salvation, the good news, the gospel, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, this is what we're all about here. This is what we're talking about here. The gospel of your salvation, having also believed, that means you're a believer, you believed in that, you believed in his death, you believed in his burial, you believed in his resurrection. Listen, you committed your life to him, you trust him as your savior, you're a believer. He says, listen, when you become a believer, what does it say next? You were what? Sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now think about this for a minute. The Holy Spirit seals us until the day of redemption. You know when that day is? That's that day when, you're, when you exhale your last breath and you stand in his presence in glory. He seals you forever. You're sealed. If you're a believer, you are sealed until the day of redemption. You go back. When you go home to be with him, that's what that means. The Holy Spirit is our promise. Or it's a pledge to us. The Holy Spirit is a pledge to you to give you hope for glory, hope for eternal salvation, hope that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, hope that you know that Jesus has sealed you. He has sealed you, sealed you, sealed you. It's awesome. This is an awesome word. You can't and no person on earth can ever take that seal off of you. Think about this for a minute. Think. A little deeper this morning. God's seal is God's. It's not your seal. It's God's seal in you, on you, around you. God seals you. You and no one else can ever break that seal. Nobody, no person, no person, nothing, not even you can break the seal that God has put on you. Man. That's good stuff. Sometimes we can get all caught up in losing our salvation. If I do wrong, oh, I'm lost forever. How do you measure that? What line of sin do you cross when you sin? That he sends you to hell. Think about this for a minute. Just think. Just let your mind think about this. You see, when you are sealed, you are forever a child of God. Why? Because when you are saved, you are sealed by Almighty God, and no one can ever break that seal. It's forever. Amen? Ever. You are sealed until he takes you home. And that, my friends, is what it means to be saved. That's so cool. It's awesome. When you are saved, you are sealed by Almighty God. Let that sink in. You are sealed, church. Say, I am sealed. Let that resonate in your heart. You are sealed. Now listen, there will always be conflicts in your life. There's always conflicts in our life. What are they? Here they are. You ready? Here we go. The world. Write that down. The world. The world, the world is in conflict with God. It's opposition of God. The world, the world system, the world powers, the devil. 
I think about the world. I think about the election coming up. We put so much faith and stock in people that we forget about a sovereign God. That, you know what, it doesn't matter who is going to be president. God is still sovereign, and he has still got you sealed, and you're still going to heaven. It doesn't matter who's in charge in the White House or in what country or what world power. It doesn't matter. Listen, God is sovereign. He has you right where he wants you. And sometimes for his word to be propagated even better, there's got to be persecution in us. Sometimes we've got to be persecuted. God doesn't really intend for it to be that way, I don't believe. But I believe we become disobedient, we get lax, we get complacent, we get comfortable in our skin and our surrounding and our nice home, our food, our retirement checks, or whatever it might be, our jobs, whatever. We get comfortable and we get our eyes off of the Lord. And he wants to have our eyes focused on him like David did, like flint, like a laser on heaven, on him. He wants us to know. Listen, when God gives you a promise, it's a done deal. It's finished. You can count it. You are sealed. Look at verse 14. He says, you are sealed in him, listen, with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. God's word says, I promise you, you are one of my children, always will be. A promise of God is a promise of God. It's sealed forever. You can't ever take that away. The world will get you off course. Number two, the flesh. That's the struggle within. We battle with the flesh and the spirit. Why? It's in opposition to the Spirit. Wars of the Spirit. Number three, the devil. <laughs> the devil is out there. He's roaming like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He is a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy your life. He will destroy your life. Jacob, he will destroy your life. Adrian, he will destroy your life. He will destroy your life. He will. If you let him, don't let him. The devil's a liar. Prince of the power of the air tries to steal our lives away. Make us less effective for God's glory and God's kingdom. That's what he does. But check this out, folks. The devil, listen, cannot make you do not one thing. The devil can't make you do it. Used to be an old show, remember? Flip Wilson. The devil made me do it. No, that's a lie. Devil can't make you do nothing. Oh, he will lie to you. He will tempt you, right? He will entice you to do something that you know you should not do. He will entice you every single time. You see, we choose to do the wrong thing. We are at war with the devil. He is there to cause us to rebel against Almighty God. That's what he's there. But he can't make you do anything. Listen. Let me ask you a question. How many of you right now, listen, how many of you cannot sin for five minutes? Say amen. Uh, yeah. I had to ask for it. You believe you can't sin for five minutes? A few amens there. Mm -hmm. Can you not sin for one minute? 
<laughs> Listen, you choose to sin. That's, what I, that's my point. We choose to sin. And we don't have to sin. We don't have to. Your flesh is crucified, remember? When you're following the Holy Spirit of God and you're listening to His voice in your life, and when that comes up, and believe me, you know when things come up that's contrary to what God wants you to do, you have to submit to the Spirit of God. Just like I did with that catalog. Anything in life is that way. So what do I do about the Holy Spirit, Brother Phil? Romans 8, 5. Listen to this. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit of God, the things of the Spirit. Listen, folks, it's either one or it's the other. You can't have it both ways. You cannot have it both ways. You can't straddle a fence. You can't be in the world one day, clubbing it all up, and then be in the God's house the next day, being all holier than thou. You can't. That's hypocrisy at its highest form. You've got to stay on the straight and narrow. You've got to do as, exactly as God leads you to do. Because he knows what's good for you. He's not a fuddy-duddy. You hear me? He wants you to enjoy your life. Enjoy your life and wholesome in the presence and the protection and the power of a holy God. He wants you to have fun in life. He wants you to enjoy your life. Life is a gift that he has given to each and every one of us to make much of him. Let him do that in your life. But those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, people set their minds on the flesh. While as believers, we are to set our mindset on the Spirit. Our mindset must be in the Spirit. We all have a mindset. If you have a mind, you have a mindset in your life. It's either flesh or spirit. Which is it? The flesh is hostile to God. Set your mind on the Spirit, big S, things above, right? Not below. Quit looking at the world and all its enticements and pleasures for a season. Look above. Romans 8, 6, and 7 says, For the mind set on the flesh is what? Death. Every time. God is serious about his word. But the mind set on the Spirit of God is life and peace because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God. For it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do it. Your flesh is not able to do it. Apart from God, apart from the Spirit, you can't do anything that God wants you to do. And God, unless God comes in supernaturally and makes you do something in order to get his will accomplished like King Cyrus. When he sent the children of Israel, remember? Nehemiah and Ezra back to Jerusalem to rebuild it. God took a pagan king and altered his mind to let him go. He can do that. He's sovereign God. When you choose to sin against God, you are hostile toward him. And you know what happens. Look at verse 8. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. I got anybody here who doesn't want to ever please God? No, sir. So how can I live according to the Spirit? Well, here the answer is we have it. There are two battles that take place in your life. One is the battle is in the mind. It's up here. It's upstairs. It's up here in the penthouse of your body. Your mind, it tells you everything. It directs your fingers, your thoughts, your emotions, everything. Your mind. The second thing 
a battle that you have is your behavior. So the battle is for the mind, but the battle is also your behavior. If you do not overcome the battle of the mind, you will never overcome the battle of your behavior, ever. I must choose to always obey God, to overcome my mindset, to do what I want. We must always respond to the initial promptings of the Spirit. And when we act in disobedience, that is hostile to a holy God, which is rebellion, which is witchcraft. The Bible calls it witchcraft. That's what it is. So what are we to do, Brother Phil? Go to 1 Peter. I want to write in 1 Peter 1, chapter thir- uh, verse 13. Chapter 1, verse 13. He says, therefore, Peter says, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober. Keep sober in the spirit. Little s in your flesh. Keep sober in your flesh. Keep your flesh under control. Let the spirit of God control your flesh and your actions and your thoughts and your, where you go and what you do and how you do it. Let the spirit of God control you. He wants to control you for for great things. Not to be a dictator. He has great things for you. He says, fix your hope completely, he says. Not a little bit, but completely, all of it, on grace, on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We must prepare our minds for action, church. You with me? We must prepare it. We must do it. Look at Colossians 3, 1 and 2. He said, therefore, you have been raised up with Christ. Keep seeking the things where? Above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things below, not on things of the earth. Quit thinking about these earthly things. Take your mind, put your mind up in heaven where Jesus is. And live your life looking that you're going to be there one day. And you're going to be so amazed. It's going to be amazing. So you might ask, so how do I get my mind on my things above? How do I get my mind on God? What do I do, Brother Phil, to get my mind on the things of God, things above? Here's, how, here's the how-to section. Now write it down. Number one, we must do what? Pray. Pray. Jesus, lead me. Jesus, guide me. Jesus, show me the way. It's the first thing in the morning you should do when you get out of bed. Or before you get out of bed, pray. Say, Lord Jesus, what do you have for me today? Lord Jesus, help me to get underneath you. Lord Jesus, lead me, guide me, show me the way. Show me the way. Show me the way. I can't help but I think about Sister Marge. I got her picture right there in, my, in, front, of, right in front of me. I see her every day. I love her. I can't, I can't forget all the books and notes and stuff that she had in her room. She spent time in the presence of a holy God. Now, listen, now she's in God's presence right now. How awesome is that? It's because of her love and devotion to Jesus. It's not not her love and devotion to husbands, to kids, to grandkids. She was an example of righteousness to everybody else. They would live their life following, living, learning, being godly. Like she was godly. And she's in the presence of angels and God and other family members. And one day we can be there to join her. It's my hope and prayer for all of us in this room that we'll see her again. It's awesome. We must pray. 
Pray, pray, pray. Set a mindset of following Jesus in the morning. People wake up with all kinds of mindsets they want. Some people wake up with a mindset of adultery. Some people wake up, wake up with a mindset of stealing. Think about this. Somebody, some of us wake up with a mindset of getting all I can get, getting all the money I can to do this to that person so I can get as much profit as I can. That's the wrong. That's stinking thinking. Write that one down too. Stinking thinking will get you nowhere. I promise you. We need to have a mindset on Jesus. If you don't read the scriptures of God's mindset, then you won't have it. That's why you got to be in his word every day. We must involve ourselves in the things of God every single day, every day, to have a godly mindset that won't fly off the handle at the drop of a hat. I'm pointing at me. This old boy, big boy, I can fly off the handle. I used to do it quite often. And sometimes I still fall and do it. And I pay for it. I pay for it in a couple ways. One is on the front row. <laughs> but God usually gets me pretty quick. <clears throat> Invoke the Word of God with the Spirit of God in your life by allowing the Holy Spirit to control you, your mind, your desires, your life. You no longer belong to yourself if you're saved. You belong to Him. And He will lead you into all truth. In your conversation, your conduct, and your character. He is there for you every step of the way. All of us have an awesome job to follow. Listen, the leading of the Holy Spirit is an awesomeness, an awesome job to do that. Set your mind on things of God, led by His Spirit. Why? To help live through your attitude and actions for godly living every day. Can you do that? Do it. And you might say, Pastor Phil, well, how do I do that? How do I do that, Pastor Phil? You're talking about all this stuff. about How do I do that? One word. Surrender. It's amazing. One word. Surrender. Why are you not surrendering? Surrender. He says surrender. That's all you have to do is Surrender. You can close your books now. Surrender. Allow God to be God in through your life. Surrender. Surrender to Him. Be saved. Make Him Lord of your life. Every day of your life. Every single day. Walking in the Spirit is what, church? To depend and totally rely on Him step by step and moment by moment. To be sensitive to the Spirit, capital S, of what He says in you. And then finally, to obey Him, whatever He says that's how you do it let's pray father we thank you lord for the mighty name of jesus we thank you jesus there's no other name but of heaven and earth by which a person can be saved and lord there may be some people right here in this room that has never ever trusted you as their savior they never come out confess their sins and never profess you as savior of their life so, Lord, it's my prayer right now that there may be one person, there may be many people in here, they can't think of a time where they actually just bowed their head and said, Lord Jesus, take control of my life today. Lord Jesus, I want to be saved today. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Save me today, Jesus. I need salvation. Lord, I've been doing it all wrong. 
I've been going by the way I feel. And now I know I shouldn't be doing it by the way I feel. I should be doing it by the way that you say, God. By your word. By your spirit. And right now, God, the spirit of God is touching my heart to give my life to you. Well, friend, give your heart to him. What are you waiting on? Simple. Just say, Jesus, I feel you in my heart. Come into my heart. I give my heart to you, Jesus. I give my sin to you, Jesus. Save me from myself, Jesus. I trust you with all that I am, with all that you are in my life today. Save me today, Jesus. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead for me. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me this morning. I trust you with all that I am from this moment forward. Lord, I thank you for all the Christians that are here. Maybe they've heard something about the Holy Spirit they've never really thought about before. Maybe, maybe, maybe they didn't realize how sealed they were. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for sealing us. We thank you for a seal that cannot be taken away from any man, woman, child, thing, anything in his life. The devil can't even take the, break the seal either. His hands are tied. He cannot do anything to any one of us that would break that seal. And as a Christian, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for that. That gives me so much assurance of my forever life to know I'm going to live with you because, Lord, you have sealed me until the day that I stand in your presence. And, Lord, I glory and I thank you, Lord, for that this morning. We all thank you, Lord, for that this morning. God, I pray if there's anything in us, God, that we're not trusting in the Holy Spirit. Lord, maybe we've been leaving here and taking our masks and suits off and different things off, Lord, and we go out there and we live like everybody else and we blend in well. We don't cause any friction with the world because we look just like them. Lord, help me to not look like the world. Help me to look like you, Jesus. Because if I look like Jesus, you, Jesus, I don't look nothing like what the world looks like. Help me to look like you, Jesus. I'm your image bearer for all people to see you, Jesus, in my life. As a Christian, Lord, forgive me for when I fail you and I don't look like you. Help me not to be popular. Help me not to be uh, 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 famous or anybody looking up to me. Help me, Lord, to be, look like you, Jesus. I want you to be famous. You're the famous one. You're the famous one. I want you to be the famous one going in front of me, Jesus. Is that, is that you, Christian? Ask him to do that. He'll do that for you right now. Turn, turn it over. Man, get up in the morning, tomorrow morning, before you get out of bed. Put on the whole armor of God. Put it on piece by piece. Don't go into the world unprepared for battle because you had no armor on. Put it on. It's there to put on its divine armor for you to protect you through your day. And then ask the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, Lord, lead me and guide me in all truth. Show me the way. Help me to give a word to somebody that will lead them to your presence, Jesus. That's what we're here for. I know life is fleeting. It's going so fast. Jesus, save me. Jesus, touch my life. Take away my sinfulness. Cleanse me from inside out. Use me for your glory, God. I thank you, God, for touching my Christian brothers and sisters this morning. 
Use us for your glory, Father. We praise you in Jesus' holy name. All God's children said what? Amen. Now listen, if some of you made a decision to trust Jesus as your Savior, I'm going to be right up here. I want you to come up here and see me. If you made that decision, I want you to let me know you made that decision to trust Jesus as your Savior today. Christian, that's a good word, amen? Holy Spirit is everything. Now, as you go, you're taking him with you. What are you going to do with him when you go to that restaurant? What are you going to do with him when you go to your neighbor? What are you going to do with him? What's he going to do with you? Submit to him. Let him use you. Amen? I love you all so much. Enjoy your day. Ushers are at the door on your way out. See you Wednesday night at 530 for the bylaw meeting. Y'all have a great day. Amen? Let's give it up for Jesus one time. Come on. He does so much. His word. Y'all have a great rest of this beautiful day. Amen? Happy Labor Day. <laughs>